1: Today is January 25th, 2022, In our first story, Neil Young issues an ultimatum to Spotify. Ban Joe Rogan or remove his music. It appears he's backing down. But what this story shows is that many of these liberal types who claim to believe in free speech and support it, don't. And as soon as they're given power, they will wield it against you. In our next story... Monoclonal antibodies have been removed by the FDA from emergency use authorization, and Florida has shut down all of its monoclonal antibody treatment centers. Many people are questioning this because the monoclonal antibodies still work for every variant, except, as far as we know, for Omicron. So why get rid of them? And in our last story, the truck crash with all the lab monkeys while some lady tried touching one of the monkeys, and now she's got COVID symptoms. Is this it? Is this how the end happens? Well, if you like this show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Neil Young, famous musician, has issued an ultimatum. He sent a letter to his management saying that he wants Spotify to either remove Joe Rogan or take all of his music offline now the letter apparently has since been deleted and neil young is still currently on spotify so it seems like this was all bluster all bark and no bite and ultimately neil young backed down when he realized you are not going to win now neil young's famous popular music lots of really big songs hundreds of millions of downloads but is spotify going to give up A modern day, massive celebrity with one of the biggest shows in the world and the biggest podcast in the world for an aging hippie. The answer is very clearly no. But a lot of people responded to the story saying, what happened to the hippie generation? These people were protesting in the establishment. These people were demanding free speech. And now we learn the truth. I grew up on music like this. I wasn't the biggest Neil Young fan as a kid, but my parents certainly knew this music. And I did learn how to play Ohio on the guitar, because if there's one song, you know, one popular, famous protest song you're learning, especially when I'm very much into punk rock, anti-establishment music, I learned how to play Ohio. When I would busk in the streets of Chicago, I would sometimes play that song. But you know what? Now I'm reminded of that quote. Michael Malice posted this. It's from, I think, Frank Herbert. When I am weaker than you, I ask for freedom because it is according to your principles. When I am stronger than you, I deny you yours because it's according to my principles. I have the actual quote. We'll pull it up. But that's basically the idea we learn now. Neil Young, he never was this great protest mind. He never was anti-authority. He was he was potentially anti-establishment at the time. But this is the message that comes across with stories like this. And it's why it's so important. We talk about it. We share it. These people want power. They despise the system. They want power. Hey, where do we agree? I also despise the establishment. I despise the authoritarians. But you and I, while we say no to centralized authority and the oppression of of people, people like Neil Young and his ilk, they act like they agree with us until they gain power. And then comes the boot. They are the same as the authoritarians in power. The difference is they're not yet in power. And these are the people that must not be allowed to gain power. I know this guy. He's a hacker, an Antifa type. And I remember standing side by side with this gentleman as we complained about the authority, the establishment, the manipulation, the denial of speech and rights and the violation of the Fourth Amendment. Today, he advances the exact opposite causes. And I asked him, How did you change so much? You used to want freedom. You used to believe in free speech. You used to complain to the government violating our constitutional rights. And this man said to me, you misunderstand, Tim, you misunderstood. I was never on your side for freedom. I was on your side because you helped me gain power. Right. When we go back and we look at police brutality videos, when we look at my criticisms of police brutality, It's always under the pretext of people's freedoms. You know, a police officer should not be judge, jury and executioner. But for these people, for these leftists, for these authoritarians, for people like Neil Young, they simply protest because they are they're not the ones with the power. And this story is easily exemplified. When you watch Black Lives Matter, call the police on people they don't like and cheer when people get arrested. It's exemplified when Antifa stands behind the police line as the cops push back right-wing protesters. They love it when the police are on their side. Do not let these charlatans like Neil Young trick you. He has only ever been about appeasing his tribe, the cult, the establishment, and once they gain power, they will wield it and they will wield it with malicious intent. But Neil Young loses this fight, and fortunately, someone like Joe Rogan, who actually exemplifies not wanting to be a centralized authority and wield authoritarian power. And it's an unfortunate uh, circumstance. Joe Rogan wins. That's good. But Joe Rogan's not the kind of guy to take that power that he's won and assert it, which is also good. But the challenge is, man, how do you deal with the evil people who would do the opposite when we, when we liberty-minded people are unwilling unwilling to wield power to do anything to stop the evil people? It is a great conundrum of our time. Let me read these stories for you. I want to go through some history and talk to you about what's going on with Neil Young, Joe Rogan, Spotify, and the liberal awakening. Bill Maher coming out, saying that we're done with COVID. Barry Weiss said it, but he also mocked the idea and gave an interview about it. You may be thinking that Bill Maher is finally waking up. I assure you he is not. He is a fair weather friend. And people are like, it's good that Barry Weiss and Bill Maher are speaking out against this stuff. And I'm like, yes, to a degree. But never forget who stood by your side when you were questioning why your rights were seized from you, why your businesses were destroyed. There are people who believe in freedom in this country, and they have never let go of that. Joe Rogan is one of them. And I'm not here to just puff up and tout Joe Rogan. I'll give a shout out to Steve Crowder. I'll give a shout out to Sticks Hexenhammer. I'll give a shout out to people like Jimmy Dore. There have been many people since the beginning have stood next to the working class and says these restrictions are destroying lives. And it was not the likes of Bill Maher. Nor is the likes of Neil Young. Let's read this story. Before we do, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member if you would like to help support our work and allow us to expand. I'm really riled up by this stuff, man. I'm riled up by the Neil Young stuff because it feels like a betrayal. I grew up with all the hippie, hippie stuff. You know, I grew up hearing about, you know, we push back on the evil authoritarians. We push back on those who would bomb kids. And then you learn when you get older, they spit in your face. Well, you want to know what drives me? It ain't money. It's pushing back against the charlatans, exposing the deceivers and standing up for the rights of the little guy, standing up for our freedoms, being rational, being honest and allowing you to decide for yourself how you should live and that these central the centralized power must be shattered. If you want to support my work, go to TimCast.com, become a member, and you'll get access to all of our uh, members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcasts, and you will be helping support all of our journalists. And my goal, I don't speak in ifs or maybes. I don't try. I do. We will become a massive media enterprise. We are expanding. We are hiring more people. And I will do whatever it takes to stop these, these, these zealous cult members who want to steal power. You know what I want to do? I want to skate. I want to ride my electric bike, get some fresh air. I want the world to be a better place. And I want you to make the right decisions for you and your family. And I don't want to make those decisions for you. I don't want any power over you or anyone else. These people do. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's expose the charlatans From Rolling Stone, Neil Young demands Spotify remove his music over false information about vaccines. I'll tell you what I would do if I was at Spotify and I had just spent a hundred million dollars on Joe Rogan's podcast for the exclusive broadcast rights and homeboy comes to me and says, take my music down, I would say no problemo. And then what? No, 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 please, please don't remove my music. I want to be relevant. No, sorry, buddy. You made the request. And I am happy to oblige. You come to me with an ultimatum and say, do as I want or else I say, the door is right there. I don't play these games and, I'm, and I hope Spotify doesn't either. They can have Rogan or Young, Neil Young wrote in a letter. Neil Young posted a since deleted letter to his management team and, and record label demanding they remove his music from Spotify. I am doing this because Spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines potentially causing death to those who believe that it's information being spread by them. Please act on this immediately today and keep me informed of the time schedule. I want to let Spotify know immediately today that I want all of my music off their platform. They can have Rogan or Young, not both. How about this? Let's go back to the 1970s when you were writing protest songs to fame and fortune. And let's say this, Neil Young should have his music purged from these stores because his anti-American message during a Cold War is risking our lives and our nation. You see, anyone can abuse authority. I actually like the protest music. I hate the wars. I like the idea of people standing up to the machine and saying no. But how dare you come in and say Joe Rogan should be banned from this platform because I don't like his ideas. And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. With an estimated 11 million listeners per episode, JRE, which is hosted exclusively on Spotify, is the world's largest podcast and has tremendous influence. Spotify is a responsibility to mitigate the spread of misinformation on its platform, though the company presently has no misinformation policy. That was from the open letter that, wrote, that Rolling Stone says 270 doctors, physicians and science educators. Don't forget podcast hosts, veterinarians and a dentist. The letter was a hoax. Yes, there were some doctors on it, but this I can't stand for. I'm disgusted by Neil Young is supposedly this uh, this this protest singer. Look at this. Look at this photo of old of old Neil Young. Fifteen protest song. Remember Ohio? You know that song about the Kent State Massacre? The shooting that that, that took place May 4th, 1970. Man, it's crazy. Fifty two years ago. I remember listening to this song. I remember being young and reading about the Kent State massacre and wondering how this could have happened, how the National Guard could have opened fire. And I said, it's good that people like Neil Young, Crosby, Stills and Nash as well, they wrote this song in protest. I said, yeah, yeah, right on. They shouldn't be shooting people. Well, you know what? They don't really do this anymore. I mean, you still get some incident instances, but now we use less lethals. The world is not perfect. I like nonviolent civil disobedience. If people are protesting, they shouldn't be fired upon in any capacity. They should be allowed to engage in nonviolent civil disobedience. And the moment it crosses the line into violence, the police should respond to stop violence. But it's always got to be proportional. After the gold rush, Southern man, Alabama. I'd like to point out that the biggest song the most popular and prominent song from Leonard Skinnerd was written in response to two songs by Neil Young, Alabama and Southern Man. And they have that famous line in Sweet Home Alabama, you know, I hope Neil Young can remember a Southern man don't need him around anyhow. Because Neil Young had written about the South in, his, in Southern Man, according to this ongoing history of protest they say a classic tune which appeared in his classic 1970 album after the gold rush. The tune is a scathing indictment of racist ideologies associated with the American South. It addresses the long-lasting wounds of slavery and the need for reparations. Quote, I saw cotton and I saw black, tall white mansions and little shacks. Southern man, when will you pay them back? Interestingly, we jump over to Sweet Home Alabama, the Wikipedia entry. This is actually pretty interesting. Sweet Home Alabama was written in answer to two songs by Neil Young, Southern man in Alabama. Because the songs took the, quote, took the entire South to task for the bloody history of slavery in its aftermath. We thought Neil was shooting all the ducks in order to kill one or two, said Ronnie Van Zant at the time. The following excerpt is the Neil Young name check in the song Sweet Home Alabama. He says, oh, you guys know the song, but I really want to say it. Well, I heard Mr. Young sing about her. Well, I heard old Neil put her down. Well, I hope Neil Young will remember a Southern man don't need him around anyhow. In Young's 2012 autobiography, Waving, waging heavy peace, he commented on his song, my own song Alabama richly deserved the shot Leonard Skidder gave me with their great record. I don't like my words when I listen to it. They are accusatory and condescending, not fully thought out and too easy to misconstrue. In another part of Sweet Home, Sweet Home Alabama was also controversial in reference to George Wallace, the governor of Alabama and noted supporter of segregation. In Birmingham, they love the gummer bo- governor, boo, boo, boo. Now we all did what we could do. Now, Watergate does not bother me. Does your conscience bother you? Tell the truth. So I'm not going to get into that advanced stuff. But I want to point out that there were criticisms to go around the South. Absolutely. And Neil Young criticized them. Now, he comes back and he says he wasn't a fan of that stuff. Okay, okay, okay. That's fine. Whatever. He's being criticized for it. I think the issue here and the reason I highlight these protest songs is to show you that Neil Young is consistent in his ideology. He is a consistent supporter of what Black Lives Matter is espousing, for the most part, because I don't think the dude actually read what, what, what Black Lives Matter espouses. But this should show you that those today who say to you, I want freedom, I, I reject this, when given the authority will turn on you in two seconds and demand it all be burned down for their whims. Neil Young's ideology is consistent. I have right here Spotify. I just Google searched it. It's 235 million views on Heart of Gold. Harvest Moon's got 162. Hey, dude, this, this guy's got some rockin' in the free world. Love that song. This dude's got some great music. It's, it's a fact. But he's still up on Spotify. I'll bark and no bite. Maybe his whole plan was just to get some attention. But here's what worries me, and here's why it's important. A quote by Frank Herbert. When I am weaker than you, I ask you for freedom because that is according to your principles. When I am stronger than you, I take away your freedom because that is according to my principles. And that's why I think this is so important. Joe Rogan. He's a guy who's got a show. He started a show. He talks about stuff and people want to listen to it. And is they right. Joe Rogan's podcast existed on a whole bunch of platforms. iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, etc. Spotify came around and said, Joe, we're going to give you a big, fat paycheck if you put it only on Spotify. Now, there's a risk here. When Joe was across the board on all the different platforms, any single one of them that could have banned him would be be losing out on the viewership of the largest podcast in the world. Now that it's only Spotify, Spotify paid a lot of money for it, and there's a risk. People have already tried to get Joe Rogan taken down. There, There was a period where his podcast wasn't loading, and others were, and people were like, oh, what's going on? Rogue actors could do something uh, at Spotify like they did to Trump. But Spotify paid a lot of money for this. They're not going to walk away from Joe Rogan. If they ban Joe, Joe will laugh, take his $100 million, and then go back to YouTube or Apple. These other platforms can try and ban him as well. And Joe can just launch on his own website or using Rumble. You cannot stop Joe Rogan. He is one of the most famous people in the world. And we should be lucky, man. There's how many, how many people of such prominence are as, 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 as prominent as Joe? Again, I said this in the last segment I did last week about Joe Rogan. I find it kind of weird that you know we have this conversation about this comedian guy from, from news radio and from Fear Factor, but there's a reason people like listening to him. Jordan Peterson recently said that people like listening to Joe Rogan because he tells the truth, and he does, and he's humble, and he doesn't try to control you. He just asks questions and he hosts people and he talks about stuff and he doesn't want he doesn't want people being, you know, living with a boot on their neck. That's it. And that's a good thing. And people respect that. And you can't stop it. Freedom always wins. I remember seeing Cenk Uger of the Young Turks tweet out that the left always wins. Something like the left wins and the right should remember that. You're wrong. He was wrong at the time. Freedom wins. That's what wins. Freedom So to see these people like Neil Young, he perfectly exemplifies Frank Herbert. Was Neil Young in favor of free speech? Well, if he was protesting in support of the the Vietnam War protesters, they were the ones demanding free speech rights. Certainly he defended free speech then, but now he does not. Why? He thought he had the power and he could bully the system and try. He said, I'm big enough. I want Rogan removed. And when it didn't work, he said, OK, please don't ban me. He actually did want his mu- he actually didn't want his music remo- removed he wants his music on Spotify he wants it there because he knows that's the pla the, the, the place to get your music listened to now he tried getting his music removed from the past and then he learned that's it's either that or nothing you see how pathetic these people are how spineless they are he never actually intended there's no principle here if it were me I'd be like take it down I don't care I'll stand by what I believe in this guy won't He just wants power. And that was always the case. All of these songs were exploiting the the cult, the left, the tribe to make money as we see today. Which brings me to another good example of this. Let me give a reminder to Mr. Young. I hope Neil Young will remember. These big tech platforms don't need him around anyhow. Twitter rival Mastodon isn't safe from online mobs either. The mass reporting of actor Will Wheaton prompts the platform to examine its moderation tools. Ah, yeah, Will Wheaton. He said, you ban Alex Jones or I'm going to quit Twitter. And Twitter was like, bye-bye. We don't care. Yeah, these big tech platforms don't need any of you. They're simply trying to maximize their audience. And if Joe Rogan's going to bring in a large audience, they ain't giving it up. They don't care about you. But you know what? Will Wheaton doesn't care about you and Neil Young doesn't care about you either. These are just whiny, whiny babies who want to assert authority over you and take away your rights of association, speech, freedom of the press. And they lose. Now, there may be a lot of censorship going on, but I ultimately think we're going to win this one. You can see how people are waking up. This is a story that broke over the weekend last Friday. I'm over COVID. Bill Maher says Americans shouldn't obediently follow all doctors' advice. Now, am I going to sit here and just sing the praises of Mr. Bill Maher with all of these people, these conservative personalities, these independent personalities saying, oh, Bill Maher, it's good, he's finally coming around, people are waking up, Barry Weiss comes on and she says, I'm so done with this, I ain't playing that game. I'm not. Bravo for them speaking up. I'm glad it happened. It's a good thing, for sure. But let me just remind all of you, That when it comes to principle, these people are nowhere to be found. And when it's clear they're losing, like Neil Young did in his stupid ultimatum, they come back and act like I was here all along. Who stood by? Who stood by the working class when the businesses were being destroyed, when people's lives were being shut down? Was it Bill Maher? Was it Neil Young? Was it any of these anti-fay activists? Twas not no, in fact, Antifa protests in favor of the government lockdowns. They say we are anti-fascist. Fascism is bad. Yet here they stand defending fascism. It was a lie the whole time. So I can, I can be happy that, uh, you know, I, I can say this. Barry Weiss and Bill Maher, they're good for speaking out against this, but they're late to the party, Right. A lot of people have said, look, we were having these conversations 18 months ago. We talked about this last night at Tim Ka- on the Timcast IRL podcast. But I don't, I don't I don't I don't even believe that. I don't believe they're late to the party. I think they know. I think they know. I think they're just concerned about what's safe to say. I've certainly been on the sh- gotten the short end of the stick when it comes to criticizing, you know, my own audience or conservatives or Trump, Luke felt it. Luke on IRL was critical of Trump and people started yelling at him in the comment section, but we don't play those games. We're not here to 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 pander to an audience. If I'm going to criticize someone, I'm going to do it. I criticized Andy. No. Oh, boy, were people mad. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Don't you dare criticize him. If I got criticism, I'll do it. Admittedly, I apologize for being a little crass in my criticism, but I stood by it. And I said this to Andy himself when he came on the show because we're adults and we can have disagreements and carry on. I said I thought it was a bad idea for you to personally go down into these Antifa protests when the work you do, you're the preeminent reporter, most prominent reporter covering this stuff, and you risked your life for this one small protest. Sorry, I thought that was a dumb idea. Andy stands by it, and I respect him for doing so. I respect him for his work. And I'm willing to have all these people yell at me or whatever. So be it. We don't play that game. I stand by what I believe in. I got a lot of Trump supporters, they don't like me. They criticize me over my stance on the election. If I believe something, if I get evidence for something, I'll talk about it. I try to be as honest as humanly possible. Sometimes we have to lie. That's a fact. We lie about whether or not, you know, our significant others look good in that dress. Sometimes information has to be withheld from people. That's an unfortunate reality. But I'm talking about people's addresses. I'm talking about sources. We try to make sure we maximize good, minimize harm, and protect people. And this means that sometimes an honest person will tell you there are lies. Now, for me, when it comes to news, when it comes to behind the scenes stuff, you're not going to get it from me. I'm not going to lie about this stuff. In the event there's a security issue and we have to def- you know, protect certain information, there will be information omitted and to a certain degree will uh, only give out a little bit. But I find that normal, unfortunate. You know, I, I wish we could live in a world of pure honesty. A lot of people like to mention, I think, who was it? was it? Was it Marcus Aurelius? Could be wrong about this. If it is not true, don't say it. Something like that. No, the reality is we've got to be as honest as we can be, but anyone who claims they never lie and will never tell a lie is probably lying, and thus it's kind of paradoxical. I think any honest person recognizes that sometimes we're not completely honest. I remember Tucker Carlson said something to this effect, and the left ran out and said, Aha, Tucker Carlson admits he lies. And it's like, fairly honest of him, I suppose. When I look at the Bill Maher-Barry Weiss stuff, I can see the good that we are winning. The people who believe in freedom are going to take the day that those of us who stood by the small businesses pushed back against the Amazons, the Bill Gates, the whatever. We're going to win this one. No thanks to people like Bill Maher who stood back and waited until it appeared there would be a clear victor and then switched teams. It's despicable. Now, maybe he's just a moron. Maybe he's just out of the game and doesn't pay attention. Okay, fine. Maybe Bill Maher hasn't been paying attention to the news. All right, then he's ignorant. But we're starting to see people wake up, and it's a good thing. Not everybody is a fair weather friend like Bill Maher or Barry Weiss. Look, I'm not, I, I got no no beef with either of them. You know, I, I, I certainly respect them coming out and saying this. I just think it's fascinating that someone like Barry Weiss or Bill Maher could, be, could have access to all of this information could completely understand, uh, you know, the, the realities of politics, have every opportunity to read the news, say nothing, not speak out. I mean, Barry Weiss knows the intellectual dark web. She knows Joe Rogan. She's listened to what he said. Has she not tried to even fact check a word he said? Bill Maher certainly does as well. Sorry, I don't believe it. I believe we have people who want power, who lie, cheat, and steal to get it. We have these faux liberal types who just go along with the tribe because it's acceptable and they're scared their audience will revolt. Have a spine, Bill. It took you a long time to finally call out Dr. Fauci, who said in November of 2020, it's time to do as you're told. And only now, Bill Maher comes out and says, don't you tell me what to do. Ha ha. Yeah, everybody left the room, Bill. No, but look, I I get it. It's a good thing he's speaking out. Fine. Thank you.
2: You're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down. Tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. All for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, twenty-four-seven roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at CarShield.com/Carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save twenty percent. Visit CarShield.com/Carlson. That's CarShield.com/Carlson. Visit now. But I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't trust him.
1: I don't think his show is worth watching. I think, you know, a lot of people don't like it when I say, you know, follow independent media. I'll say, we have been talking about this for a long time. They say, you're narcissistic, Tim. You're egotistical. You just want people to watch you. Don't watch me then. Please don't. Please watch Steven Crowder. Please watch Jimmy Dore. Please watch Sticks Hexenhammer. Watch any one of these independent personalities. Kyle Kalinske is pretty good. I disagree with him on on some things. I think he gets some things wrong, but he's pretty good. I think, actually, for a lot of he's fantastic, to be honest. But, you know, I disagree with them on policy stuff. Jimmy Dore, I disagree with. I think he does a great job. Steven Crowder, I disagree with on some things. We all do. That's fantastic. Watch their shows. Listen to their podcasts. Listen to Joe Rogan. It doesn't have to be me, just anyone but these people who have been lying to your face and pretending like they didn't know what was going on. This is what you get The Daily Mail. They were loyal liberals. Who never dreamed of voting Republican, but the damage done to kids by the left's COVID hysteria is driving a wave of moms away from the Democrats, writes Bethany Mendel. This is what you get. Regular people believe the lies, the manipulation, because Bill Maher's is spineless. Bill Maher, a week after the Covington kids story had already been corrected, came out and gave the false narrative. Now, you mean to tell me this guy had a week after all the big news outlets were reporting the truth and still believed it? Sounds to me like he knew it would play well with the audience and that's it. He recently came out and criticized vaccine boosters, calling it a virtue signal. Yeah, he knows. They do market research, at least in my opinion, is what they do. In my opinion, this is what they do. They, they, they do market research and say, this joke will play well to our audience. They see the polling. They see Biden failing. They see the Democrats losing. They see loyal liberals flipping Republican because they're not listening to you anymore. And all of a sudden, Bill Maher is like, oh, actually, I'm uh, I don't think Fauci should tell me what to do either. People should stop watching that show and they should start watching Joe Rogan's show. Check this out. Tracy Compton, a mother of two in Fairfax, Virginia, has voted for Democrats for as long as she can remember, but until the covid related school closures. Until then, I tried and went to apply to work with the Democratic Party. I was told I was not allowed to become a member of the Democratic Party in Fairfax. According, a recording of a reorganization meeting showed fellow Democrats deeming Compton too anti-school to be part of the political efforts. When Compton worked to collect signatures for a recall petition for the local school board, she was welcomed out of the rain by a Republican Party tent, even after telling them she was a Biden voter. It's amazing, isn't it? Compton lamented how she got here now supporting a political party with whom she felt very little in common with until COVID hit. hit. She told me, all the things that Biden and Kamala believe in and what the Democratic Party believe in, I still believe in. But I have to look at what's happening in my family and with my children right now. This is somebody who's still brainwashed. Joe Biden believe in something? Are you kidding? Joe Biden believes in one thing, his family, his power, and how much he can extract from the system as he kicks it all, burns it all to the ground. Now look, I don't think Joe Biden is purely evil. I think he just is callous and doesn't care. You can look at the uh, Biden Inc. from Politico, how Biden's family's fortunes have tracked alongside his political career. These people still believe it. These people are still brainwashed by it. And now they are getting a massive dose of red pilling. Now, I don't think Republicans are the answer, my friends. I don't think so. I certainly think the Republican Party can be a vehicle for challenging the corrupt system. And uh, I would snap back at Bill Maher and, 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 and anybody, any one of these people who are so late to the party. Ben Shapiro went on Bill Maher. How is Bill Maher not aware of what's going on? Because Bill Maher wants to play it safe. He doesn't want to come out too hard against the left because he'll be called alt-right, and he already is. And he doesn't want a conservative audience. He doesn't know what to do. It's called growing a spine. I've always been a traditional liberal type. Or when I was younger, I was more anarcho. And then I kind of grew up, became more of a traditional liberal type. But the modern American liberal has no, uh, um, nothing in common with someone like me. Have I ever walked away from my positions? No. Have I ever just blindly been like, well, I guess I'll just change my opinions for the left? No. I remember when I worked for Fusion, I made a video criticizing a black-only graduation ceremony. And the people at the company got angry. Why is Tim saying this? I'm like, because I've always opposed segregation for whatever reason. I don't care who's doing it. And all of a sudden now, they don't like what I have to say. Well, I don't care what they think. I don't care about what Neil Young thinks or Bill Maher. Screw them. I don't care about what the Democrats think. I care about what I think is true and right and honest. You can call me whatever you want. If it's not true, that's the reality. It's just not true. And I'll point that out. And where I can, I will challenge it legally, if possible. This is the reality of the world we live in. These people still think that Biden Kamala actually believe in something. No, they don't. What do they believe in? What is this? Let's play this game. All the things Biden Kamala believe in, I still believe in. Oh, yeah, lady, you believe in keeping people in prison, denying them parole to use as slave labor to fight wildfires. You believe in that? Yeah, I didn't think so. Maybe you need to start reading about the people you claim to support. That's a sad thing. I don't mean to be mean to this lady. I'm glad she's finally waking up to what's going on. It's affecting her kids. She's pissed off about it. But if people were a bit more responsible and paid attention, we wouldn't be in this mess. If people were a bit more strong-headed and confident. I'm not saying to be a, a general in a great army, to lead the charge into the fray. I'm saying read, even a little bit. But people don't do it. I'm not going to be mad at these people who are waking up. No, with respect, I'm glad this woman is speaking out and speaking up. That's all we can ask for. But I do want to point out, you need to be more responsible for everything happening in this country. We all play a role in this. We don't need to be some ultra-nationalistic stand-up for the Pledge of Allegiance and everyone line up in single file with our American flags or anything like that. But we can at least be like, hey, we like America. And we're going to assume, you know, we're going to take responsibility as Americans to make sure that this country works for everybody. Instead, what do we get? My view of Neil Young is that he has never been an honest actor. He's just exploiting a protest movement. They saw a hole in the market and they exploited it. So, you know, I'll end with this. The story I read about a teacher who asked his students, how many of you today think that if you were alive during the American Civil War, you would have opposed slavery? They all raised their hands. He's like, okay. Now, I want you to each name something for me that is widely unpopular in the public, ...that you support and are willing to speak up in favor of. And none of them could do it. Challenging slavery back then was a difficult moral position. People died. There, it, it, was, it was At the time, slavery had been considered mainstream and popular. Even our founding fathers had slaves. So to speak out against it was considered insane. It was considered ridiculous and wrong. But people were willing to do it. And those people won. They believed in freedom. So to all of these people who think they're the good guys... Yeah. Name one thing that you've stood up for that was unpopular, that got you challenged or, or put your life and livelihood at risk. Yeah, I didn't think so. Maybe most of you actually have. Risk your jobs and your careers over vaccination or masks or whatever mandates. Because these are people of principle, your people of principle. I was listening to the song Flowbots, uh, the song Handlebars by Flowbots. Check it out. I brought it up a couple times. You know, the song, I can ride my bike with no handlebars. It's an excellent song. It basically just escalates from singing about interesting things to becoming a corporate employee, to becoming a politician and then, you know, nuking, you know, guiding missiles by set. It's, it's a good song. In the end of this, in, at the end of the music video, the government dictator guy has a bunch of militarized police with shields and guns. And on their shields is the red salute, the communist fist, as they execute protesters. And the funny thing is, there's a Reddit post where they said, this from recently, this song is prophetic. They got so much right, except for the fist being the wrong color and on the wrong side. I just find it funny. No, the song is prophetic. The dictators and the establishment and the cult do brandish that fist. Okay, sure, the color was wrong, but it's on the right side. And perhaps that's what the song was criticizing, the communist governments that killed their own citizens. But these people can't see it because they're in a cult. So as to our good friend Neil Young, I hope he can remember, Spotify don't need him around anyhow, and so he backs down. He never really meant it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The system is completely broken, if you were to ask me. The FDA is saying that monoclonal antibodies have not been proven effective against Omicron, and therefore they are removing... Emergency use authorization for this treatment. In response, in a shocking move, Florida has shut down all of its monoclonal antibody treatment sites. Now, I'm getting all of these individuals on Twitter tweeting at me saying it doesn't stop uh, Omicron. Monoclonal antibodies aren't helping with Omicron. So why should they have it for EUA? I'm like, that's a good question. But that's a question for your doctor. If there is a treatment available that treats covid Instead of just blanket assuming, well, most people have Omicron. Therefore, this treatment is no longer available. It makes no sense. The policy is broken. Again, when it comes to medical treatments, you should talk to your doctor. But for most people who are being treated, they are not being given a test to determine whether or not they have Omicron or Delta. And the FDA says that Omicron is... 99% 99% I believe that's their number I'll pull it up of cases and as such they don't think there's a point in allowing people to get monoclonal antibodies but I just got to say man I don't understand why you would remove the EUA for for this treatment which is effective against Delta and previous strange strains simply because there is a dominant strain that to me is insane Doctors should be making that decision. So let's say you're in the 1% of individuals who contracts Delta. They're not going to give you this treatment anymore. That is insane. But of course, people don't seem to pay attention to any of this stuff. Look, there are questions about Omicron. But if there are questions about Omicron and monoclonal antibodies, then there are questions about the vaccine and Omicron. Because there have been stories. I'm not even going to say, I I won't, I won't, you know, I'm just going to read this. Fourth Pfizer jab ineffective in blocking Omicron, Israeli study shows early findings suggest level of antibodies needed to protect against variant too high for jab to produce from January 18th from one week ago. This story from the Financial Times. Now, I don't know what this means other than what the report says. YouTube says they will ban you for questioning this stuff. Well, go talk to your doctor. Don't take your advice from me. How about that? I can only show you the Financial Times, a very prominent and prestigious paper has reported this. And many people have pointed out well, it may not stop Omicron, but it does reduce the likelihood of hospitalization and death. Sure. Okay. But ultimately, isn't this still something that should be between you and your doctor? Again, Just because it's not proven effective against Omicron, you can't get it now if you get Delta. This, to me, makes literally no sense. But I want you to understand. I want you to understand that wealthy elites still have access to these treatments. I want you to understand that high-profile individuals, famous celebrities, have gotten this treatment. You know, Joe Rogan got monoclonal antibodies. I don't believe they tested Joe Rogan for Delta or Gamma or whatever strain. When I got COVID, I was not given any of those tests either. They did not come to me and say, this may be a new strain or anything like that. They simply said, you got COVID, here's what we want to give you. It worked, for me at least. And now this was back in October, so it's entirely possible it was not Omicron or, you know, whatever. I don't know what strain it was. All I know is I got sick and the doctor said, here's the treatment. And that's what I got. And it was within a few, within 12 hours or so, that was better. I got to tell you, that night was rough, though. The worst illness I've ever had, and I, and I sincerely mean this. That night, after I got monoclonal antibodies and uh, some a vitamin drip, NAD, I got, uh, you know, this uh, IV treatment. That night was the most excruciating night I had uh, experienced with COVID. It was the worst experience I've ever had with any illness now, the most painful thing I've ever had was was um, a wisdom tooth extraction. No joke. Yeah, seriously. I, don't ask me why. It was, it was a particularly bad one. That was the worst pain, pain I've ever experienced in my life. I was pale, shaking, covered in sweat on painkillers. And I, was, I thought I was, I just, I didn't think I was going to die from it, but it was just the worst pain I've ever experienced. COVID was bad. But around 4 a.m., it broke. They just, all of a sudden, I was better. And I was like, wow, the pain was, was gone It's a little, you know, a little sore, a little rough, but just like that. Now, look, I'm not I'm not a doctor, so I I don't know. Maybe the FDA is correct and maybe what their concern is. And this is a fair point that if people hear stories like mine about monoclonal antibodies working, they'll instead of getting any other kind of treatment or instead of, you know, uh, they'll they'll, put it this way they'll believe they can rely on something that may not actually work. I can totally understand that. The same is true for ivermectin. A lot of people, you know, are very, are proponents of this. They believe it works. And maybe the fear is people will rely on something that they don't know if it works. It's not for me to decide for you. It's for you to talk to your doctor about. My concern, however, is that even if Omicron may be the dominant strain, according to the FDA, they say it is, why take that away from somebody who may be in serious condition and needs any kind of treatment. They say, because it will prevent potential side effects. The side effects are extremely mild, according to CNN and the FDA. It's like rashes and diarrhea. So if if that's it, and you get it, and it doesn't work, well, you tried, I suppose. I'd assume the IV fluids themselves would probably still be helpful. But again, that's for a doctor to figure out. Because, you know, people... I've heard some crazy stories about people doing dumb stuff. We'll put it that way. Here's the story, though. And I don't understand why Florida is shutting the entire thing down. They say Florida is closing its monoclonal antibody treatment sites. Health officials announced late Monday, citing the FDA's decision. Unfortunately, as a result of this abrupt decision made by the federal government, all monoclonal antibody state sites will be closed until further notice. More than, oh, I'm, you know what? This Actually, this does make sense. It's not, it's... I think they they should remain open, but the FDA isn't just saying don't use it. They're removing the emergency use authorization, meaning it is no longer allowed to be used in the United States, period. Now that doesn't make sense. Check it out. Let me pull this up. COVID update. FDA limits use of certain monoclonal antibodies to treat COVID-19 due to the Omicron variant they say as we have throughout the covid-19 pandemic the fda has the best available use the best available science blah 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 in light of the most recent information and data available today the fda revised the authorizations for two monoclonal antibody treatments bamlanivimab and atasevimab administered together and regen covid which is casirivimab and imdevimab indevimab yeah those are those are fun words to say to limit their use only when the patient is likely to have been infected with or exposed to a variant that is susceptible to these treatments. Okay, so I'll back that up. I think that statement came from the from Florida about not allowing these treatments in the U.S. According to the FDA, they will allow it if it is the variant like uh, likely to be susceptible. So then my question is, and and my question is to Florida, why shut everything down? If someone comes in and they're sick, why would why make an assumption? It doesn't seem like the FDA is saying outright you can't use it. They say because data show these treatments are highly unlikely to be active against the Omicron variant, which is circulating at very high frequency throughout the U.S., these treatments are not authorized for use in any U.S. states. Okay, so there it is. Territories and jurisdictions at this time. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Because data show these treatments are highly unlikely to be active against the Omicron variant, which is circulating at very high frequency throughout the U.S., These treatments are not authorized for use in any U.S. states, territories, and jurisdictions. Okay, there's the clarification. Florida shuts down because the the, the FDA has said you can't use this unless someone is exposed to the proper variant, but also because this is most likely the variant, you cannot use this in any jurisdictions in the U.S. In the future, if patients in certain geographic regions are likely to be infected or exposed to a variant that is susceptible to these treatments, then use of these treatments may be authorized in these regions. So that explains it. Okay, it's confusing, right? A bunch of people are coming out, and they're quoting only the first part, where they're like, no, 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 the FDA is only saying you can't use it for Omicron. No, they're outright saying right there, you can't use it, period, anywhere in the the U.S. jurisdictions. You know what's going to happen. Rich people will just fly to Mexico. They'll fly to El Salvador. They'll fly to wherever they need to, and it'll be no issue. Within 10 hours or whatever, and a private jet. Maybe they're sick. Yeah, they're going to fly. You can't stop them, and they ain't going to be wearing a mask when they do it. They say monoclonal antibodies are laboratory-made proteins that mimic the immune system's ability to fight off harmful pathogens, such as viruses like SARS-CoV-2. Blah, blah, blah. They say SARS can mutate over time, resulting in certain treatments not working. So how about this? How about they take Omicron, and they make monoclonal antibodies effective against Omicron? Why just ban these outright? Maybe that's what they're doing. Don't ask me. I don't know. They say, based on CDC prevention data, the Omicron variant of SARS is estimated to account for more than 99% of cases in the U.S. as of January. Therefore, it's highly unlikely that COVID patients seeking care in the U.S. at the time are infected with a variant other than Omicron. All right, here's a big question. How do they determine whether or not you have Omicron or not? They use PCR tests. Now, there's been a lot of people who say PCR tests can't be used to detect this. uh, No, look, there's a lot of people who are confused. And I don't, I don't care if you're on the right or on the left. The PCR tests, they, they, my understanding is they take genetic material and they rapidly uh, reproduce it until you can get a visible sample. This should work for uh, viruses. Here's what they say. Swabs from PCR tests sent to labs for analysis can show if the variant looks like Omicron, Delta, or something else. They say confirming the suspected case of Omicron requires a full genetic analysis, which takes between four and five days. By looking closely at the genetic material provided through testing, Scientists can confirm whether someone is positive with Omicron or the already widely circulating Delta. So when you go and get a PCR test, the data gets sent to a lab. And within a few days, they'll determine whether or not it was Omicron. And thus, this is how the U.S. government has information on whether or not people are infected with Delta or Omicron. The problem is, for the most part, it won't matter to you as an individual. macro scale, I see it. I guess it makes sense. But as an individual, they're going to swap you and say, yeah, it's COVID. We don't know which one. This is a very important question that I'm I get really, really frustrated with because no one ever answers the question. Even when Joe Rogan had on uh, Dr. Malone, Joe asked several times, how do they test for Omicron? And we, 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 there was no answer or at least none that I heard. So maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I listen to the show and I'm left confused. Like, how do they know? OK, here you go. We got it from the BBC. Thank you, BBC. They do a PCR test. The test looks for three genes relating to parts of the virus, the spike protein, the nucleocapsid, or the inner area and envelope or outer shell. shell. So you can see these parts. Is the S gene detected? If it's not, it could be Omicron. If if it is, it's unlikely. Full genus analysis is used to confirm the test. They say, what is a variant? All viruses constantly mutate. And these mutations result in new versions. Some of these can make the virus more harmful or spread more easily. The Omicron variant is uh, VOC, variants of concern, because it has many mutations that haven't been seen before. A large number of these are on part of the virus that most vaccines target, the spike protein. This initially gives rise to concerns that existing vaccines might not be effective against Omicron. However, research from the UK Health Security Agency found that getting a booster vaccine provides 88% protection against ending up ill in the hospital, only slightly less than those against previous variants. Another study found that the risk of going to A&E or of being admitted to a hospital after catching Omicron was roughly half of the older variant. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. There's a very important question here. The vaccines might not be effective against Omicron. They say that. Research from the UK says maybe it is. All right. Well, that sounds to me like we have conflicting research. Of course... What you do as an individual is different from what we do as a society. Like I was saying, you know, it, it, you you getting a test, they're not going to know necessarily if you have Omicron or Delta. The big picture, they will. The individual, they won't. Which is why it's important that your treatment is prescribed by a medical practitioner who can tell you about your personal life, your individual history. Because if someone comes in and they're like morbidly obese and old, the doctor's going to be like, I've got a specific plan for you, right? If you are young, fit, and healthy... Doctor's probably going to prescribe something very different. They're not going to tell you, get vitamin D and exercise. They're going to be like, well, you already do that. So here's what what I think you should do. The point is, different strokes for different folks, right? That's why I think it's important. However, if they're going to go in the macro level and say that based on their analysis so far, they've not proven that the monoclonal antibodies are effective against Omicron. Well, then shouldn't we say the same thing of vaccines? Shouldn't we be saying the same thing of any possible treatment? Whatever, man. I think you get it. And I think you can see why people are untrusting of the system. It makes no sense to remove the use of monoclonal antibodies for everyone because doctors should be deciding on an individual basis. I certainly understand, but we're getting into this position where the government and the authorization is not based on individuals. Okay. You go to a doctor, and the doctor says... Based upon your medical history and the symptoms presented, we think it might be Delta, which still is uh, around. Sorry, we can't treat you. What? That makes no sense. Why is the government interfering? Do they want that 1% to die? Yeah, you know, I don't know, man. I certainly understand the issues around the internet and misinformation and trying to better understand how we solve for these problems. It's not so simple. You know, there are people who put up websites all day and night that put up bad and bunk information. And, you know, we're trying to max, we're trying to save as many lives as possible. But this to me makes no sense. If you allow doctors to prescribe as they see fit for their individual patients, wouldn't we then at a grassroots level maximize those who are being saved? But for whatever reason, politics plays a role. Which brings me to a tale of two COVIDs from the New York Times. Take a look at this. A poll from the Morning Consult. How worried are you about getting sick from COVID within the next year? 18 to 34-year-old, the most likely to be scared about getting COVID. Now, that's crazy, isn't it? Why is that? Why are young people more worried about getting COVID? They're the least likely, my understanding is they're less likely to get it, substantially less likely, and to be harmed by it compared to the 65-plus crowd that is not worried about getting it. My understanding is the vaccine isn't stopping Omicron transmission. That's why it's skyrocketing in New York. I could be wrong. I don't know, whatever. YouTube's rules make no sense. Shut up, YouTube. But that's my understanding, right? But they say it does prevent hospitalization and death. Well, getting sick from COVID, shouldn't the older generation be more worried? Because even if they are more likely to be vaccinated, they can still get it. They don't seem to care. As we deal with Omicron, I am going to make changes to my normal activity or continue my life as, as much as possible. Democrats are changing their lives and Republicans are not. 65, it's, it's, it's inverted. Only 30% of Democrats will carry on like normal, but only 30% of Republicans are going to change their, their, their daily routines. Here's where it gets interesting. How worried are you about getting sick from COVID? The unvaccinated are the least likely to be worried about getting COVID. The vaccinated are in the middle, but people with booster shots are the most worried about getting sick from COVID. It makes sense, okay? If you are worried about getting sick from COVID, you're going to go get the booster shot, right? If you're not worried about it, you're not. So it's not so much that people get the booster and they're still scared of getting it necessarily, but that probably is true as well. These people are paranoid and terrified. You know, even Bill Maher pointed this out. Democrats got it wrong when asked, what was the percentage of, of people going to the hospital with... Co- if, if you get COVID, what is the percentage that you will end up in the hospital? And Democrats thought it was 50%. Republicans and independents got it right. Five. Five percent. That's a lot of people going to the hospital, man. That's why I'm like, okay, this is scary stuff. I actually tried to go to the hospital as well. And then I called a doctor and got, got treatment. This is bad. And I got to be honest, the, the lingering effects of COVID, man... Lasts a long time, I was still feeling it for like a month or two it's mostly subsided now, mostly subsided, but it, it's it's amazing that even after I got better i was i it's like it's hard to describe it I, I felt lingering effects i didn't feel like I was being impeded necessarily, but it was like, man, you could still feel it probably because it does damage to your body. you get better, you feel better, you're living like normal, but you still have you know damage from from the virus so you know that I think. It's 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 I understand why people might be worried about getting it. It's not just about going to the hospital, it's not just about dying. It's about the lingering effects along COVID. But this is fascinating to me. The 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 split in 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 the views and the fears. Are you concerned about your children falling behind academically because of remote learning? Democrats and Republicans alike very much uh, concerned about this. Are you concerned about your children missing out on socialization? Democrats and Republicans alike concerned about this. Are you concerned about your children getting sick from COVID while attending in person school? Democrats are very concerned. Republicans aren't. Republicans are fairly split, though. Do you support or oppose transitioning students from in-person school to online learning? Republicans oppose. Democrats support. But it makes sense. Democrats are in big, dense cities. Republicans aren't. This is not necessarily a political thing. And that's what's really frustrating, too, because it turns into it. Democrats living in cities think everybody should live the way they do. You shouldn't be allowed to have guns and we're scared of COVID, so lock everyone down. And people who live in rural areas are like, leave me alone. Let me have my guns and don't lock me down. I live in the middle of nowhere. And that I understand. The problem is that Democrats think their world is the only world and everyone lives like them. No And maybe that's why we're seeing the EUA for monoclonal antibodies be rescinded, because you have city urban dwelling liberal types who are just like, everybody should live the way we do. No nuance. Nuance be damned. Look, I get it. People are scared. But you can't tell me how to live my life because you are scared. The risks are mine to take. I say this all the time. If I want to go bungee jumping, that's on me, not you. Screw off. If I want to go snowboarding, that's on me, not on you. If we were going to live, if, if we enacted policy the way we did for everything, if we enacted it for everything the way we do for Omicron, you would be locked in your house all day, never allowed to go anywhere. Because the risks, a bird could poop on you when you could get an infectious disease. A squirrel could bite you when you could get rabies. <gasps> a bat could fly to nowhere and bite you. And then, oh no, you could fall down the stairs. Lock them in their home. It's time for the surrogates. You'll you VR plug into your robot to walk around and live for you because you're too scared to go outside. And then everyone will become sickly and vitamin D deficient. No. The world has risks. The risks are mine to take. If I go to a doctor and the doctor says, you're sick, we don't know what you have. It's likely to be Omicron because that's what most people have. And I said, what's the harm in trying monoclonal antibodies? They might be like, rash, nausea, diarrhea. Some people have allergic reactions. Then it's like, okay, well, that's for me to decide, right? Will I risk those side effects if the doctor wants me to try a treatment? I've had doctors prescribe things to me before that I've said no to. And I've, I've looked them up and I'm like, I'm not a fan of that. And they said, okay, we'll try something else. I think people have, most people have experienced something like this. That's why doing research is important. Talk to your doctor about your medical history, your fears, what, you, what you're hoping to accomplish, all that stuff. And ultimately, I can understand why we don't want people to be getting treatments for things that won't treat what they have. That's for a doctor to decide. It's very strange to me that the monoclonal antibodies were never fully authorized. They never received full authorization. Only emergency use authorization. Well, now they are no longer allowed for emergency use authorization. And they say because it doesn't work on uh, Omicron or they haven't proven it. Well, do tests. Prove it or disprove it. Do what you can, right? I just think it's fascinating that even right now, you know, you've got the community vaccine from Pfizer, which is FDA approved, but my understanding is that it's not available in the U.S. So all the vaccines are still under EUA. You know what, man? I don't know. Talk to a doctor. I can only say, I don't, I, I can certainly see why people are no, no longer trusting of the system. YouTube will ban you for, like, seriously, if I just read the article from Financial Times, YouTube prob- would probably give me a strike for misinformation. They still might. I don't know what the rules are. They make no sense. No one has any idea. Y'all have lost your minds. I'm talking about the establishment. Not, nah, not you know, you guys watching. I'm saying the establishment. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all then. Maybe. Whatever. Maybe not. Ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, been an honor and a privilege To report on and comment on the news for all of you. And now with this latest story, we know the end of times has truly begun. And I bid you farewell. Okay, at least until the monkey virus wipes everybody out. Uh, I'll still be making these videos. But uh, in all seriousness, here's the story driver who stopped to help truck when carrying 100 lab monkeys crashed in Pennsylvania and put her hand in one of the cages says she now has a cough and pink eye after one of the macaques hissed in her face. All right. Okay. You know what? Maybe humans deserve everything coming to them. I can't blame people for not knowing stuff, though, to be honest. But uh, a lot of people are joking that it's happening. Plenty of the apes... It was not a movie for entertainment, but a prophetic documentary that uh, uh, in this film, James Franco is a scientist and he's trying to cure Alzheimer's or something using enhanced viruses that can reprogram cells. And then, you know, he gives it to a chimp and the chimp becomes smart, but then the virus actually kills human and then humans get wiped out. And then the smart chimps take over. I guess it's a prequel to Planet of the Apes or whatever, a prequel, reboot, remake, whatever you want to call it. Now, I don't know if we're actually going to be dealing with the apocalypse here, but there are concerns because these monkeys may have been used. Or I should say, I don't, I don't want to be too speculative. They have been using monkeys for COVID research. And that is to say that perhaps these monkeys were infected with COVID. I don't know for sure, but the woman says she's experiencing COVID symptoms and they're brutal. Could this be the Omega variant, the final variant to wipe out mankind? Probably not. But I just want to point out how funny it would be if like in a hundred years it really does. And then they have this video record like the remaining humans who are of the lineage that were immune to the virus. They have like this video and they're like, look how flippant and obnoxious these people were at the time. Totally oblivious to the fact that the end was nigh and soon civilization would be purged. By their own actions. T'was their own undoing. All right, all right. Let's read the news and see what's going on. This is serious, to be honest, though. Because there's something called, I think it's the herpes B virus that these monkeys carry. And it can be really, really bad. And this woman may be sick, so she's got to get tested. They're warning law enforcement about this. For those that aren't familiar, the start of the story is that a truck was carrying 100 monkeys and it crashed. And some of the monkeys escaped. Here we go. A woman who stopped to help after a truck carrying 100 lab monkeys crashed in Pennsylvania. Fears she caught an illness after one of the macaques hissed in her face, leaving her with pink eye symptoms. Michelle- I mean, this is like literally out of a movie. A truck crashes, a bumbling old woman walks over and looks at the cage, and the monkey screams and spits in her face. She goes, Arr! and then she gets sick later, and then she bites someone, and then they turn into a zombie, and then here we go. Michelle Fallon from Danville near Scranton, was driving directly behind the vehicle when it crashed, throwing animal crates all over the highway and smashing some into pieces. Three of the macaques escaped and went on the run, but all have since been captured and humanely euthanized. Ooh. Destroying the evidence, huh? Hmm, let's see. All the other monkeys who'd arrived in, who arrived in the U.S. from Mortius, how, how do you pronounce it? Morit- Moritius, that morning, and were en route to the lab Have been accounted for. Fallon has now had a rabies shot, actually four, I believe, and wrote about the symptoms she's had since uh, she has since suffered on Facebook and also told PA homepage that she's developed symptoms of pink eye. She said, I was close to the monkeys. I touched the crates. I walked through their feces, so I was very close. So I called a helpline to inquire you know, was I safe? Because the monkey did hiss at me and there were feces all around and I did have an open cut. What? They just want to be precautious. This is insane. All right, I'm telling you right now, false flag, okay? This is the official narrative now for when the Omega variant of COVID or whatever wipes out mankind. They're going to be like, there's the story. It was a woman who walked in monkey poop, who touched the monkey crates and got hissed at with an open cut. So it in fact, I'm kidding, by the way, I'm- and joking. I don't know what's going to happen, but I got to be honest, I don't think a whole lot. I think this is just a silly story people like to joke about. Hopefully this woman is fine, though. I mean, they say Fallon said she got out to help the driver and the animals. And good for her, right? To help the driver especially. Initially believing them to be cats. When she approached and put her hand on the cage, she says the monkey hissed at her. The day following the accident, Fallon suddenly developed a cough and pink eye, which became so bad she had to visit the emergency room. Oh, no. She says she's got COVID symptoms, right? Like, seriously, a day from hell, she said. Look at this. Look at the last of the four monkeys to be captured. I thought they said three monkeys. What's going on? Where are these monkeys at? Yeah, there's a monkey on the run. And if there was a monkey on on the run, would they really tell everybody? Infectious disease doctors gave her the first of four rabies injections. Oh, okay. So she got one rabies injection together with some antiviral drugs. She said on Facebook that she was monitoring for symptoms of rabies and monkey herpes virus B. Yikes. What a day. I tried to help out in an accident and was told there were cats in the crates. So I went over to pet <laughs> went over to pet them only to find out it's monkeys. Then I noticed that there were three in each with some completely broken. So I knew four had gotten away. I came home to go to bed and my aunt ran into a news crew and she found out not to get too close to the monkey. Well, I tried to pet one. I touched the crates and walked in poop. I was told to meet the police, at the scene to talk about exposure. I spoke with the police and a woman from the CDC. I am getting a letter and I am very low risk for I don't know what yet, but my symptoms are COVID symptoms like seriously a day from hell. COVID symptoms, huh? I don't know. I got a, I got a question this here narrative. Hold on there a minute. She was told there were cats in the crates and she went to go pet them. There were three in each, so she knew four had gotten away. How? What if the crates were just empty and broken? How did she know? See, I don't I don't I don't I don't trust this, huh? I don't know. Whatever, man. I have no idea what's going on. The story is probably as the story is. What is monkey herpes B virus? They add, in a side note, contracting the B virus is extremely rare, but it can lead to severe brain damage or death if you do not get treatment immediately. People typically get infected with B virus if they are bitten or scratched by an infected macaque monkey or have contact with the monkey's eyes, nose, or mouth. You may develop small blisters in the wound or area on your body that had contact with the monkey. There are no known vaccines to protect against a B virus infection. And so people are urged not to touch or feed monkeys. Only one case has been documented of an an infected person spreading B virus to another person. So the herpes B virus is legit. It causes, what is it, uh, encephalitis? Is that what they say it causes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 of the uh, B virus infections are extremely rare. They say, as of 2020, there have been 50 documented cases of human B virus infection since the identification of the virus in 1932, 21 of which led to death. At least 20 of the patients developed some degree of encephalitis. Encephalitis is, I believe it's inflammation of the brain, right? Severity can be variable with symptoms, including reduced or alteration in consciousness, headache, fever, confusion, stiff neck, and vomiting. Oh, no. It sounds like the zombie apocalypse is going to happen. Okay, okay, I know, I know I'm kidding. I say I keep, I keep saying I'm kidding because I know that these media companies are going to be like Tim Pool thinks the zombie apocalypse is starting. Fallon has been told to keep a close eye on her health for the next month in case she develops any infectious disease as a result of being so close to them. The test monkeys were on their way to a laboratory in Florida when the truck crashed into a garbage truck. Fallon said that she spoke with a pickup driver and a passenger directly after the crash. The driver appeared to be disoriented and the passenger thought he might have injured his legs. The pickup was heading on I-80 West when it got off at the Danville exit and then immediately tried to get back on, driving across the other lane. Weird. Fallon explained how she was behind the pickup when it was hit on the passenger side by the dump truck, tearing off the front panel of the trailer and sending more than a dozen crates tumbling out. She and another motorist who stopped to help were standing near the scene when the other driver said he thought he saw a cat run across the road. Dear First Responders from DHH, DHHS, Dear First Responder, you're receiving this letter because you responded to a vehicular accident on Interstate 80 near Danville, blah, blah, blah. Non-human primates and humans are naturally susceptible to many of the same diseases, blah, blah, blah. Please be aware the surviving monkeys will be quarantined and will be monitored for infectious diseases for at least 31 days before their release. Release? What do you mean release? We will contact the Pennsylvania State Department of Health and police blah, blah, blah. If you were within five feet of the crates without respiratory and eye protection, monitor yourself for fever, fatigue, cough, diarrhea, and vomiting. If you become ill during the 31-day quarantine period, you should immediately report to your physician that you had exposure to monkeys and notify the Pennsylvania State Department of Health. Look at this, man. Crates holding live monkeys were pictured scattered on the interstate. So I've actually seen these crates before. When I worked for American Eagle Airlines out of Chicago, we had two of these, I think two, come through and there were monkeys in them and they were shipping them by aircraft. And one of the guys that I worked with actually walked up and was mashing bananas into it. I i, I tell you this stuff, man, don't, don't transport animals. This guy, he was mashing bananas and the monkeys weren't having any of it. They were just screaming at him. And I was like, dude, you're crazy, man. All right. So we got this, they say, crash update, there's still one monkey unaccounted for. We were asking no one attempt to look for it. I think they may have gotten it, though, because I think they said they killed it. So all of the escaped monkeys were accounted for by Saturday, after the Pennsylvania Game Commission and other other agencies launched a search for it, amid frigid weather. Three of the escaped lab monkeys were dead after being euthanized. One of the cynomolgus macaques, which are also known as crab-eating or long-tailed macaques, was found in a tree... And three shots were later heard. That's a bummer of a story, man. Just imagine, you know, you're, you're, you're locked in a crate, and then this alien ship crashes, and you escape, and you run, and you, like, climb a tree, and you're, like, hiding desperately. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of these aliens, they start firing laser beams at you and just vaporize your ass. Yeah, it's just, I get it, man. The monkeys are dangerous. This is man's world and all that stuff. But I feel bad for these monkeys, you know? They don't want to be lab experimented on. And here they are, trying to escape and find freedom and hide in a tree, and they get shot down. State police urge people not to look for the captured sino macaque following the crash. This we get. Look at this guy. What is this? PETA reminded residents after the crash that there is no way to ensure the monkeys are virus-free. Yeah. And what does PETA have to do with this? I don't trust them. Anyone who sees or locates the monkey is asked not to approach or attempt to catch, as we know. Trooper Lauren Lesher had said the concern was due to it not being a domesticated animal and them being in an unknown territory. It's hard to say how they would react to a human approaching them. The shipment of monkeys was en route to a CDC-approved quarantine facility after arriving. Now, here's what gets crazy. They say that the monkeys are in high demand for COVID testing. Look at this. The monkeys, whose DNA is similar to humans, have been in high demand amid the COVID-19 pandemic, with some scientists calling for an emergency reserve of the test subjects similar to the country's stockpiles of oil and grain. Monkeys! Anthony Fauci runs Monkey Torture Island. Okay, <clears throat> maybe it's a little bold, but the N- the NIAID, through Fauci, funded Monkey Torture Island, where they were conducting maximum pain experience, where they would take monkeys and then try and see how much pain they could handle. So look, I don't believe in alien abductions. Sorry, I just don't. It's possible. It's in the, It's in the realm of possibility. I mean, it's not like we're talking about wizards teleporting between dimensions, but I guess technically that would be possible too. And depending on how much you want to speculate on the reality of the, you know, how much you want to speculate on, you know, what is possible. But I'll, I'll put it this way.
3: Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, though. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: I'm not going to sit here and entertain the idea of interdimensional uh, machine elves or anything like that. I find the ideas interesting. But the fact that we can travel in outer space, well, that's true. We can. The fact that we do experiments on what we consider to be lesser animals, that's true too. And it could be that if there were alien abductions, it falls in line perfectly with what we do already. Some have speculated that aliens are, in fact, humans from the future. Yeah. Now, imagine this. If aliens are actually people from the future and they went back in time, they would want to capture and experiment on humans. And as such, they would experiment on humans of no consequence. Or at least people, you know, so uh, what was it? That movie, what was that movie, The Tomorrow War or something like that with Chris Pratt? They go to, there's people from the past, they go to the future to fight a war because they need more people. And they only take people who would have, who, have, who would have died and then, you know, not ma- made it to the future or whatever. So they don't alter the timeline or something like that. I don't know. It kind of doesn't make sense. But you get the point. I don't know how we're talking about aliens right now. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, aliens go back in time and experiment on humans. The point I'm trying to make is I'm trying to humanize this. We do experimentations on other animals. I'm not a big fan. I also, I'm also not naive. I understand that a lot of medical advancements come from doing experiments on, on animals. We caught a mouse the other day. Sad. Sad little mouse. And I'm like, what do we do with it? Do we put him outside where he dies? And if we put him outside too close to the house, he just comes back in the house. If he stays in the house, he causes damage. And they got diseases and stuff. So what are we supposed to do? Well, we caught the fella and we just put him outside. If he made it back in, good for him. He deserves to live. If not, I don't want the little mouse to die. Even though he's a little field mouse. It's not the most important creature in my world. I'll never think about him after this moment, probably. But we we like life. And we want to preserve it within reason. In fact, there was this viral video of a lioness protecting, I think it was like a gazelle baby or something. And they were, and the the news was like, these outlets were saying, experts believe that the maternal instincts of the lioness overpowered her hunt drive because this wouldn't normally happen. And I'm like, maybe like humans, the lion understood sometimes you don't kill the babies because the babies need to grow up to have more babies could that be it? Could it be that typically lions are desperate for food and if they're well fed they say they'll just be like hey we're not going to, you know, kill this baby. I mean that makes sense too. We like life. We want to preserve life and typically we view people who like taking it as wrong as bad. When Anthony Fauci did the extreme experiments on on beagles, we called it insane. But experiments need to need to be done so that we can figure out how to navigate and improve other people's lives. That's the big challenge. I've often said, or I've said before, I'd be willing to forego the rate of progress if it meant less suffering for many of these animals. And it meant more human volunteers for research projects if they're, you know, well-informed of the risks and, and the research isn't violating the Nuremberg Code. But I don't, I don't know if this is going to lead to something more serious than just, you know, a lady getting pink eye or something. But maybe, maybe this is the perfect story. Pops up in the news. A lot of people laugh at it. The story then gets more serious. A woman is sick. What's the next step? Either nothing happens and no one talks about it, or within a week or so, this woman is in critical condition and this area of Pennsylvania is quarantined. People break out of the quarantine. And here we go. Nah, it's fanciful thinking. It's fanciful thinking. I got got a dose of reality for you. You want to know what's actually scary? You want to know what's actually going on? This story right here. Boston patient removed from heart transplant list for being unvaccinated. Yeah, see, that's reality. The monkey stuff is fun. It's funny. It's scary a little bit, but ultimately probably not going to lead to much. But you could be on the transplant list. And then for whatever reason you're not vaccinated, they'll say, sorry, no heart for you. A 31-year-old father has been removed from the heart transplant list at a Boston hospital because he's refusing to get the vaccine, COVID vaccine. D.J. Ferguson was the first on the list to receive a transplant at Brigham and Women's Hospital, but he is no longer eligible because of his vaccination status. His father, David Ferguson, said his son, who is fighting for his life in the hospital and is in desperate need of a transplant, doesn't believe in the COVID vaccine. It's kind of against his basic principles. He doesn't believe in it. It's a policy they are enforcing, and so because he won't get the shot, they took him off the list of a heart transplant. My friend, you are going to die without the heart. Assuming that's the case, maybe it's he's at the top of the list. Yo, if it were me, I get it. Like the, the 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 issue is the mandates, not the vaccine itself, and that's what's crazy to me. This is a step too far, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care if you get the vaccine. I don't care what you think about the vaccine. That's your private business. You can believe what you want. You can read what you want. You can you can talk to your doctors to figure out what makes sense for you. But yo, if you're gonna die anyway, yo, know, if someone came to me and said you're gonna die. And, like, I was literally dying and like, and, like, just, like, really awful and genuinely just, like, knew it in my heart of hearts. And they said, we can try a bunch of crazy stuff. Keep you alive. I'd be like, yo, experimental way." It's called Right to Try Laws. And I think Florida recently passed one. I could be wrong. The idea is that if you're going to die anyway, let's try whatever we can. This is amazing. This is the kind of experimentation I'm talking about. Because you're, you're, you're going to die and if we, if we try experimental procedures on people who are going to die anyway, then ultimately you will find out of 100 people, we try all these things, one thing works. We're like, whoa, that worked. This person lived. Then you get a few more people who are dying. You say, we're going to try this one because out of all the 100 we tried before, this one worked. Boom, 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 it's working again. All of a sudden you're like, yo, we think we have made, may have discovered a treatment that can save these people's lives. Right to try is awesome. For this dude to be literally on the verge of death, Yo, if it were me, I would I would do just about anything. I'd be like, I, "I've grown quite fond of living. I would eat tree bark if the doctor suggested it was an option. Or if he said there's a 0. 0.0001 chance eating tree bark could save you." I'd be like, "Bring it on in. I'll eat it. Because what? you're going to die anyway." So for this guy first, I'll say this: A lot of people don't under the, 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 I, I got to be honest with you honest with you guys. I don't like the mandates. This freaks me out. The guy's not vaccinated, now he dies. Similarly, there's a guy who was getting a kidney transplant and something similar happened. The way they do transplants is that you have to be a perfect candidate. So they they have these boards where they'll discuss it and they'll say, This person's an alcoholic and a drug user, we're not giving him a heart. Or this guy's a father who works a good job and is otherwise healthy, he should get the heart. For this guy, I don't know his medical history. Now we're, now we're hearing the hospital say COVID-19 vaccines are required if you want to get this. From a bureaucratic standpoint, from an administrative standpoint, it makes sense. The question is, this is an emergency use authorized vaccine. I don't know if hospitals should be setting that criteria right now. If it's fully FDA approved, I will stand aside, okay? And right now, I think the only one that is is community and the other ones aren't. So this guy is now being told he's going to die Unless he takes an emergency use authorization treatment. I just think that's wrong. I think it's wrong. But, bro, if, you know, you don't got to be happy about it. But I'd rather you live and then talk about, tell your story and and, and explain to people why it was wrong. Be that person. And And I'll tell you this too. If you're really concerned about it for health reasons or whatever and something bad happens, then you can be like, my life is the example. And people can tell that story, Right. I don't see why you should just let yourself go. The hospital is the bad guy in this. Don't get me wrong. Deciding that a guy at the top of the list, now he's off the list because of an EUA you know, vaccine. I'm like, that. they shouldn't do that. But you know what? If this guy is willing to die to stand for what he believes, I, that, that says a lot more about so many other people. And you know what? I respect people's choices. If this guy is making a choice for himself, far be it from me to criticize him. That's, that's you know, I'm not the same. You know, it's, 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 this, this guy's taking a choice, taking a chance and and doing what he thinks is right. And that's the only thing we can do. And honestly, I wish more people were willing to do it. Personally, I think he should live, which means getting the vaccine. uh, If his doctors are recommending it for you, maybe it's different. I'll leave it there, man. Monkeys and heart transplants. Yikes. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com
2: slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.